Welcome to the Mother of All Movement podcast with me, Catherine Meadows. I'm a Pilates teacher specializing in postnatal recovery and a mum to two kids myself. The aim of this podcast is to inspire and educate through chats with women who are either working through their own movement journey or work to help women get stronger and recover both physically and mentally after having kids. I want to talk about what they do, how they integrate it into their family lives and essentially why. Because I believe when we share our stories and our values, we lift each other up, enabling every mother to fulfill her body's potential, gain confidence in her power and give our families the best version of us to share their lives with. So join me each week to hear these wonderful women talk about their journey. One last thing from me before we dive into this week's chat. I wanted to mention that as a postnatal corrective exercise specialist, I work with women in person in my studio and remotely online, helping them to build the right foundations to be able to move safely and to effectively move on to whatever movement or exercise practice they want. My mission is to get women like you moving, keep you moving and enjoying every step. If you'd like to find out more, get in touch on Instagram or on my website, which is lovemovementsussex.com. I look forward to supporting you in taking the first step to everyday strength. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast this week. And I'm really pleased to be talking to Francesca Brown this week. So Francesca is uh, the CEO of Goals for Girls, which is a development football program um, based in London. And she can explain more about what all of that is. So I first came across um, uh, Francesca when I saw her at the Women in Sport event in October last year where she was on a panel discussion talking about what we're going to be talking about today which is about how we get young girls into sport and enjoying it and what the barriers are for them so she was talking amongst a group of others and with some really amazing teenage uh, um, girls who were showing what they could do what they'd done to change things in their community and it was all led by Anna Kessel who I'm going to speaking speaking to next week so Francesca thank you so much for joining us and taking the time out of your day I know you're super busy (laughs) Um, so why don't you introduce yourself family situation where you are and things like that Okay, so I am Francesca Brown. I'm the founder and CEO of Goals for Girls. Um, Goals for Girls is a football development program aimed at young women between ages 11 to 16, as you mentioned before. Um, And I have been running the program since, well, we launched it in 2011. We volunteered, well, I volunteered the program for two years um, to ensure that the program was right and we moulded it to fit the needs of young women in today's society. And um, I am a Manchester-grown young woman and um, I left there at the age of 18 and um, I have a very, very 
very, very strong sporting background. I used to run. I used to um, do athletics for Sale Harriers. And I used to play football for Manchester United Community Team, Middleton Coats and Manchester City um, Academy and their, their girls team. So I've had a great sporting experience, um, which sadly ended when I was um, 16 and I couldn't no longer play football no more because of the fact that I was injured, um, which was, it kind of tarnished me a lot, to be honest with you, um, and the direction I wanted to go as a young lady in life. Um, so currently, I'm sure we'll go into more detail about mm-hmm. that a little bit yeah. later, but um, basically I live in London at the moment, um, in Kent with my partner and my little boy who is seven, um, who is also a budding footballer. <laughs> and um, yeah, that is me. I'm not only a CEO and founder, I still coach. So I still believe that I should still be at the bottom working with the young people to understand um, what they want from a coaching session and in society and just to overhear discussions that these young women women have so I can understand them better and whether my program is suiting their needs. And then on top of that, I um, sit on the Football Foundation's FA panel, um, on their grants panel. So all the beautiful pitches you see going around the country, I'm a person who um, sits on that panel and helps authorise those. And um, I'm a Princess Trust ambassador as well. So I do, um, I went through their enterprise programme I won the Pride of Britain award from it and um, I am an ambassador. So I go around the UK doing a lot of motivational talks and speaking to young women and girls. Wow, that's amazing. What an uh, incredible life you've led, lived <laughs> so far and such a, so young. So already um, really, really dialing down what you're so passionate about, which is incredible. And so you mentioned you were into athletics when you were a kid and into football. So, so yeah. was football your sort of main love or were you talented at it? And so people were really encouraging you or what, how did that transpire? So which one was that, the football or just sport in general? Well, both sport in general, football, what what was leading you with that? Um, I'm not sure. I think I came across pretty much as a tomboy when I was younger. So I was always out when I got involved in every single thing that was making dens in the middle of woods, climbing up the biggest trees, um, having races with the boy, the races on the boat with the boys on the um the local estate, um, making sure that I, I wanted to be picked first on the boys' football team. Um and I'm I've always had a very competitive streak to me. So I it was mainly in primary school where I picked up the the acknowledgement that I was good at sport. Um, yeah. It wasn't that my mum had forced me to do sport. Um, my mum was a swimmer, so she did a lot of swimming. So she kind of self-taught me how to swim. Mm. Um, and my dad was, um, he was an athlete. So um, he ran for the club I ran from. And the scout which scouted me was the scout which scouted him. Mm. And um, he ran along people like Dwayne Chambers and and people like that. So it was kind of innate in my blood, but it was never in front of me, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I never had in the household any massive football fanatics either. Um, so I think it was more the fact that I was a tomboy and I kind of, I got on with boys better than I did with girls. And I felt like 
and it sounds really strange but Hello. girls just I, I felt like they just didn't understand me yeah. um they didn't really we I always would battle with girls and with boys it was so easy to fit in and just be a part of the the little the little like group they had and and they were really welcoming to me as well so I think that that's how my passion of football started now my passion of running happened from the fact that in school they enter you into loads of competitions and from them competitions there was I kept doing my running and my running through them competitions and the scout which scouted my dad then was at the competition and asked for my um my mum whether or not she could allow me to go for a trial at Sale Harriers. Wow. And from then that's how I fell into Sale Harriers doing that. Um but I was always doing football anyway from a young age. Um I started off with the Manchester United community team. Um then I went to a, a team called Middleton Colts and then I um whilst at, still at Manchester United community team that's when Man City picked me up and um I started to play with them then. Um, so yeah, it's always been innate within me and I've always been that person within school who was, I thrived off winning. Yeah. And it was like, I was that person which was hundred meter races, win it, relay, win it. (laughs) I was always that, that young lady who was football matches. The boys always wanted me on their team and bleep tests. I was always the last one in there and I just felt from there I just fell in love with sport um I really thrived off it and I found myself within sport I understood myself as a young woman within sport and I think because of the background I've got and the lack of support networks I had um in, in my home life I felt that I was able to find my true potential and my 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 character through sport so yeah and um when you were picked up by Manchester City or, or sort of as you were sort of moving through the football teams, what, what, what sort of barriers did you face? Because you're, you, you were talking there about how welcoming the boys were to you playing and how they always wanted you on their team, which for some reason in my head, I'd be thinking, oh, a girl playing football in the 90s, they'd be thinking, no, I don't want you to play. It's boys only and things like that. I always think of that as a barrier that there isn't, it's yeah, not so welcome, but is it just because you were super talented and they wanted? <laughs> I think it's because the boys in my local community were all the boys I went to school with. Right. So it was like they knew already because I used to play in the playground with them. Was like if I'd go and join in outside on the streets, they already knew of Francesca. She's a good player. Uh huh. So they kind of just knew that. Um, just they just knew to what I was like. Now, when I used to then adventure outside of my community that is when the judgment happened Mm -hmm. because it was like who's she like we don't want her on the team and it'd be like we're not picking her and things like that and it was like I almost had to prove myself then to these 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 people that look I deserve to be in your team I deserve to be amongst you all um I shouldn't be backlash because I'm I'm a I'm a girl yeah. Um, I shouldn't be tarnished because I'm a girl. I shouldn't have you guys on the sideline having your little remarks about um, she can't play football or don't put her in the team or you picking me last because I'm a girl. So I, I found that outside of my community, I had to fight my way in 
to those kind of social circles. Mm. But within my community, because of the school setup and the fact that they they had mixed football, they had us playing with the boys and things like that. And I was a tomboy anyway. Um, every time I come home from school, I'd be straight out on the local green and I'd be playing football. So in a way, it was more I felt that that impact when I adventured outside of my community mm. and that could be for example when we did you know like the in primary school where they do the tournaments and mm. then we'd have to adventure out I'd be on the boys team mm. for the tournaments and you'd feel intimidated already before you've even stepped foot in the arena because of the fact that or on the football pitch because people are just looking and you can hear the whispers of look, they've got a girl on the team, they've got a girl on the team. And it's like, in their head, they think, we're going to beat them. They've got a girl on the yeah. team. Yeah. But really and truly, it was the complete opposite. So it was um, it was very much of, you've got to prove yourself kind of mentality outside of, the, of that social circle. And at first, yeah, I had to prove myself within my community, but it was a lot more easier because it was in a school setting. Yeah. So I was able to quickly do that and adapt that. Whereas I, I feel to myself that if it wasn't a school setting and I had to go out and make new friends in a local community, I would have found that 10 times more challenging. And and do you think that's the major difference that you might have seen between the boys who you were playing football with who were doing well as uh, as well as you doing well and going through the sort of um the the more official clubs that their difference was they just had the privilege of being boys so people wanted them there expected them to be there or, yeah or was there any other way what else was the difference between the boys experience of the Roots club football and yours I think and, and like compared to now there's there's it's nothing like like it is now for the for the female game yeah. um there's a lot of organisations at the moment, um, like the Wildcats, SSE Wildcats, the Premier League, Premier League Kicks, and all these other organisations, which are really, um, really putting a, a strong focus behind um, women, women in football. Yeah. Um, and especially like organisations like like Women in Football and 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 and, and things like that, and women in sports. So, I find to myself that. When I was growing up, we didn't have organisations which really empowered that mm-hmm. and and really raised aspirations of, of young women and girls that that avenue and that career was possible. Um, also, there wasn't many clubs um, in the local community to join. The main clubs were, um, the main club was Manchester City. Yeah. And then you had your odd grassroots clubs. But me, I lived in Sale. Middle and Coates was not around the corner. I had to travel on two buses and meet my coach. And then he had to then take me from traveling already about 40 to 45 minutes wow. to where my local pitch, where that pitch was, where I was playing. Yeah. Um, so Middleton is nowhere near where I was, I was living, but that was the only team at the time which had the space and the facility for me to, to attend. Um, so, Again, that's a massive barrier already. The fact that you've not only got to travel really far, mm. I think that there's a as soon as you reach a certain age as a young a young woman, there's um, a lot expected from you. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of added pressure mm. to what you're going to be doing with your life and your career. And plus, at that time, I don't think the clubs or um, local um organizations sports organizations like the fa did really um endorse things like the women's um the women's game 
Mm. And it's only recently over the last few years where that has become more predominant within women within sport. Um, so for as a young lady, for me, it was like, can I even make this into a career? Because you didn't have anybody that you were seeing that was ahead of you doing yeah. what you wanted to do. There's and no example, yeah. which is the major exactly. thing. Right? Yeah. Yep, yep. One thing we say to our girls all the time, and one thing I can't express enough is the importance of female role models. Yeah. Um, and one thing with the Goals for Girls Development Programme is we have females on the forefront of our programme, and that is as coaches because of the fact that our coaches are the first step to active role models for mm-hmm. these young and girls so that's already given them a head start of oh they're coaches they're female oh I could be a coach as well and we have coaches all across the board all different races cultures who these girls can relate to Mm. so um that's already a barrier knocked down and then on top of that there's a lot more females who are being showcased like Alex Scott who's now a a broadcast um a a pundit sorry Mm. and then you've got um people like Frank um Frank Kirby, who is is massive within the Chelsea football team. And you've got Anya Luco, who spoke out. And you've got all these female, you've got Danielle Carter as well, who um, is, um, she's now become our ambassador for Girls mm, for Girls. Yes, and she, amazing. She, she came from the East London region. Yeah. And these girls can relate to her. Yeah, she's had the same life as them. Yeah. yeah, she's made a career out of something she loved. And some of them girls, when they're asking her questions in the room, they were like, oh, I don't know if I can make a career out of this. And after they finished speaking to her, they were like, wow, I think I could actually make a career out of this yeah. or do something within yeah. football. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, support was... the coaches, like understanding that there's so much more to the industries and being so a top-level player, yeah. Yeah, there's so much more. So I think when we're going back to your question that in 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 the nineties there wasn't enough role models. Um one of my role models was Rachel Yankee. Mm. Um that's probably one out of many you'd probably hear from. Mm. You go know, mean or hear about. So mm. like and you'd find that during that period if we if we did a, a survey, probably the majority of female players or budding athletes would turn around and, and mention a male at the time being yeah. one of the models um in sport and football and things like that so it's just really good that we've 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 changed with times and other young women are getting them opportunities to see a pathway which they can be involved in because I saw and I saw that um Anna Kessel put up the other day the amazing billboard in Leicester Square with the women in football in it and it was just I was looking at that photo thinking how must that change a girl, like a seven-year-old girl who loves football and she gets yeah. the odd comments from boys going, girls don't play football okay. in the playground. And uh, and she's like, yeah, they do. I've just seen them in the middle of central London. Exactly. I mean, that must just change everything, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It changes. It changes females. It changes. The thing what, you, what, what we've all got to realise is... Um, Young girls are aspiring from, I think they're getting younger and younger nowadays. Mm. Um, Like, okay, my little boy isn't a girl, but I will ask him what you want to be. And he has a clear top three things he wants to be. And that hasn't changed for ages. At a young age, these kids are now, their eyes are wide open. Yeah. 
they're yeah. ready for opportunity yeah. and and they're changing with the times like at that age if you asked me what I wanted to be I wouldn't have a Scooby-Doo yeah. except for yeah I want to be a footballer okay and what you're going to do in football I don't I just want to be a footballer yeah like but which maybe at the time now, probably sounded about as realistic as I want to yeah, be an it astronaut sounds really, or uh... yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's what people will say but now you ask the kids and like I want to be a scientist yeah. Or I want to be, um, I want to be like Alex Scott. I want to be a female pundit. Yeah. yeah. Or I want to be this. I want to be, and it's and it's amazing just to hear that, and it's amazing, amazing to see that so many organisations are actually um, putting females on the forefront of their campaigns mm. because, and and giving such powerful messages through their campaigns because with this it's showing clear visibility and clear a clear pathway for young women to achieve their goals and aspirations yeah. which is great it's about time it's great god it is i mean you saying uh you saying that you know you were in in the school playgrounds and you were playing football with boys and stuff like that and i was thinking i don't really feel like a huge amount's changed i mean my daughter's not not into football but i do remember her saying oh yeah but we're not really welcome to play football with the boys in the playground. So they had to actually, like school had to stop them playing football at centre like every single day and they had to take it in turns. So they had to kind of soften the aggression around football. But you're like, you know, that's now. And I don't feel like a huge amount has changed that the girls aren't particularly welcome and you have to really change the approach that you have. And you think... My God, I mean, at what point, <laughs> how long are we going to keep on banging our heads about yeah, this? Yeah, it's, it's true. And, and and to be honest with you, I, I do totally agree. Okay, with you can see changes happening from the top mm. with females um, being showcased the way they are. But to be honest with you, if and I'll, I'll always bang on about this, is if people at the top do not come down to the bottom and see what these young people need or what is happening, then we will always be chasing our tail with the development of young people yeah. in sports yeah. and in education mm-hmm. so I, I I can't say enough because I'm probably one person out of so many people who did actually get accepted now I have conversations with my little boy and and there's girls in his school who are, who are brilliant little footballers but they'll turn around and go no um, I'll without do any girls going inside the Mooga which is like the outside bit where they all play football mm-hmm. and They'll be like, you like, no, girls ain't allowed on there. So what do you mean the girls are not allowed on there? Well, well, it's just the boys on a, on the Thursday and this day. And I'm like, and I look at him and I've and I've got to already start that conversation with him. And he's only seven years old. Of you do know that of equality and and yeah. sexism and all this thing. Like you're starting that you're you're make putting this in your DNA now, mm. and that's not right. And mm. I've got to educate him on 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 um all these things. He knows that mummy mummy knows a lot about football. I sit down and watch football with him in the house. All we have on is Sky Sports or BT Sports. Like he knows that I run a football business, so he knows that girls play football. But somehow, amongst his little group, they think that girls shouldn't play football. It's so so it's, unusual, it's, though, isn't it? Like not everybody's mum works in something either to do with sport or like even a specific sport and one that's so male dominated like football like he must be very (laughs) unusual if he says what what his mum does 
Well, um, that's when well he will literally go around the school and he'll tell everyone about the things I do to the yeah. point where he, I went into a teacher's meeting the other day and the teacher said, um, so he t- turned around to me and said, oh, he set up a football club at school. So oh. I said, oh, that's great. And I thought it was like a group of the older kids who have said, okay, we'll recruit some younger ones and we'll all form this club in school. No, it's not that. My son has actually done this club himself he's actually gone to the teacher he says to the teacher I want to do a lunchtime football club and his teacher's gone oh okay she's ignored him for a few weeks and then all of us all of a sudden he's come back with a poster he's come back with ideas she's then she's not ignoring but she's so busy then he's gone to the woman who leads everything in the school with what's going on and everything and he knocks on her door so you can imagine a little year three knocking on the door and um he goes yeah I want to start a football club how do I do it and she said she just but she said she couldn't withhold her laugh because he's so small she was like what she was taken back by it and she was like you want to start a football club and now every Monday he runs his own lunchtime football club oh my god um, I love him that's so yeah and are girls welcome Oh yeah, and girls are welcome. Right. So what they do is they they sign everyone up who they want who wants to play in the year group, and he picks six names out of the hat: girls and boys. And then every every other lunch every lunchtime, sorry, a new um, cohort of six players come, and um, that could be girls or boys. And he actually does a coaching session. Wow, that's yeah, a, does amazing. that not just make you so proud? You just like wow. It makes me proud because it, sometimes I think to myself as a mom that. Um, maybe I'm working too much or you probably don't get enough of me. You don't get 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 that part of. If it was up to me, I would stay home and I'll just stay home, be mm. at home mom. But I just love working and I love doing what I do. Like mm. when you can do your passion every single day, then it's great. But sometimes he has to sacrifice because I am running a company. Yeah. So um, he does, he does sometimes take the backlash of it. But... He is very understanding and I do talk to him. The key, I do talk to him about these things and say, look, mummy's got her this week, spend more time on her work than with you. But next week I'll make sure that I block out these and I talk to him about it and he understands. So for him to then go into school and have this innovative idea makes me realise that everything I'm doing around him, he is actually picking up on and mm-hmm. it's creating him into a very... Um, self-sufficient um created mindset um setted kind of innovative little yeah. human being so yeah so um I'm super proud <laughs> he's super obviously proud. got your sort of entrepreneurial spirit right he, he's like well if it's not here I'm gonna set it up if it's not if it's not if it's not what I want then I'm gonna make it you know, exactly. like... And it probably doesn't help the fact that me and his dad actually run his manage his football team so we both manage his he's got us 24-7 we manage his football team he sees us doing all our football and his dad coaches him every Tuesday so <laughs> he's not really escaping this no, um no imagine if he hated football <laughs> that would be a disaster <laughs> well if he hated, I've always said to him look if you don't want to do football you don't have to but you have to pick a sport <laughs> regardless if it's football you've got to do a sport because you learn so much through sport right and you learn all your life skills you need through sport. It's probably the easiest way to learn your life skills. Yeah. Um, you build your confidence and self-esteem, teamwork, leadership. And if you're not going to do football, then whatever it is, you you need to choose a sport. Yeah. Because you're going to be doing one. So <laughs> he hasn't got a choice with that one. 
And uh, I mean, and one of the other things that I always think about sport, which I totally, 100%, absolutely agree. I think everybody should be involved in sport. All kids should be because of the things that you learn. But one of the massive things that you learn is how to deal with really like devastating things like massive injuries, like the one that you had, failing, not getting picked, like having to sit on the sideline when you think you should be there, like... Yeah. All of those things are huge, you know, they can really go on through your life, that understanding of like, right, I'm going to get myself back up and I am going to show the coach that I should be there. I'm going to, okay, if he doesn't think I'm ready yet, then I will be next time, you know, like losing a game when you think that you should have won it, all of that sort of stuff. That's Those are part of yeah. the huge characteristics um, that you learn as well, aren't they? Yeah, they are, definitely, definitely. Um, so tell us about the injury. So you were invited to play for Manchester City Ladies at that point, and then what happened by the time you sort of graduated through them? So I was at the Manchester City Academy, um, and basically what happened was I was meant to go to over to... So I applied to go over to America on a scholarship um and I was very lucky to to have got through that now the people had to then come and they came over to watch me and many of the young people who applied for this as well um they came over to watch me train um match settings and uh, over a week's period and on my day before the last day I was in a like a match setting and I overran slid into the side um the corner flag and kind of overstrained my groin mm. and then ripped the tissue within my groin but what didn't help was the fact that the lady on the opposite team wasn't very sportswoman like and um she then got her studs and <gasps> basically basically stamped on my leg oh. and and grazed her studs all the way down the side of my leg whilst I was already in agony already. Oh. So that ripped it even more. Um, so she got penalised for that, but still it was the fact that she, she because she made it 10 times worse, it, it was like a life and career-ending injury. And oh even though I went through the paces of of the, the rehab and getting back into, into the motion of things, um, the support systems weren't all there and I'm mm. not saying it weren't all there within my club but it weren't all there at home either mm. so that meant then my mental my mental state I couldn't get me my head back into the game again despite me loving it and I just didn't really have that support system around me to say look come on you are getting up you are gonna go and um and and train and and make sure you get better so um I think it made it a, my recovery a lot more longer and because of that I then when I was fit, I then went back into games and I could never last a whole game because of the fact that I would try and do a hundred percent of my running and go to a hundred percent and I could only give about seventy to eighty mm. because I'd always feel that strain on the groin again. <clears throat> so yeah. when I'd over overstretch myself or overrun, I'd always feel the strain on my groin. And I just thought to myself, I'm not happy keep keeping having to get pulled off within 
before half time in a game because I've overran my groin or something like that and I can't reach my full potential so it, I, I kind of just removed myself from that situation and there was no one around me saying no coaches or anyone giving me that um that kind of encouragement to be like no 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 keep pushing keep pushing it was just like okay you go in all right then bye wow, let's let yeah. let's let the next girl take your place yeah, and yeah. That's what it was like. And I didn't realise at the time that I suffered with really bad mental health. So during that period, I, I was having really, I didn't realise that sport was saving me partially mm-hmm. from my mental health. I knew I was suffering with depression. I knew I had breakdowns anyway. But it wasn't until I stopped sport where it really, really did hit home with me how mm-hmm. bad my mental health was. Mm-hmm. And um, from there... I just went into a deep black hole with mental health and um, it, it wasn't nice. It wasn't nice at all. And no one knew how to deal with me because of the fact that even though they knew what I was like already with my mental health, it went 10 times worse. Yeah. So it was like a big blow to everyone. Like, whoa, mm. what's happening with Fran? Like, why is she literally just gone off the rails? Mm. And um, I didn't realise it was sport actually, which saved me from from that um and kept my mind focused and motivated and and active and you obviously had nobody who was recognizing for you the benefit well and and for everybody the benefit of like right okay what can we do to keep you going what can we do to help your rehab like what do you need um let's let's keep you in the team I really want you like giving you lots of positive talk about how important it is that you stay in the team or stay in this sort of academy environment and how they can yeah. help support you. So you... Yeah, no no one was doing that for me. So it was very much so I was just by myself and trying to find my own way and trying to understand um, what I'm going to do with myself and how I'm going to get from A to B. And it was literally me figuring that out alone. Whereas nowadays you've got so many... And I'm not saying everybody because not everybody has support systems, but there's there's so much more awareness around yeah. mental health. There's so much more awareness around support lines and and people you can go to. Schools are making much of a much more of a um, effort to put the right procedures in place for young women and girls, and not only young women and girls, but young males as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more um, vigilance around around these matters and and how we can can break down these barriers and one thing is is through sport a lot of schools or a lot of communities are putting sports in place to um support these social needs so yeah um and then you um uh, was it at that point that you left Manchester and came to London so I came to London at the age of 18 and I came I think it was more the fact that I was just everything around me just reminded me of just the Mm -hmm. issues I was facing like just even my upbringing everything it was it was it was it just reminded me of it just kept it was a constant reminder no matter what I did no matter where I went it was just like like all the time yeah so a part of me just felt like I need to escape this I really do need to escape this and I need to start fresh again and that doesn't mean escape my mental health because I that's going to go with me anyway. I still suffer with depression now, mm-hmm. but I needed to escape that constant reminder of the things which was affecting me. And um, so I moved to London with £10 in my pocket and literally just said, right, I'm going to start again. 
<laughs> and I did. Amazing. Did you know anybody here? Were you like sleeping on friends' sofas or whatever? How yeah. Did... So basically, I was I was sleeping on friends friends' sofas. Um, I basically so beforehand I was coming up and down anyway. Um, so I started to like sofa surf from my friends' sofas, and that happened for about a good year or so. Mm. Um, and then from there, I then met my partner and then settled down with him, um, moved in with his mum. Everyone's got to have a mum who's looking after you. Yeah, Yeah, she moved in with his mum about a year and a half later after being down here. And then um, from there, it's just been history, really. And um, I've just basically settled myself and got myself into the position I am through and I'm doing something I absolutely love and um like I may not be the richest woman in the world but the things which I do the lives I change it makes me feel the richest woman in the world so yeah I'm happy with everything so hi movement fans sorry to interrupt your listening today I hope you're enjoying the episode If you are, I'd love it if you would leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast platform you are listening on right now. If you're on your mobile and on the Apple Podcasts app, click on the icon with this podcast image, scroll right to the bottom where you see the ratings and reviews section, tap the number of stars you want to give, my suggestion would be five, And then click the write a review link at the bottom. It literally takes one minute and makes a huge difference in how iTunes shows this podcast to others who are searching amongst all the thousands of other brilliant shows there are out there. Thank you so much for choosing this podcast and taking the time to review. It really does mean the world to me. Okay, begging over, let's get on with the chat. How did you find work that fulfilled you then? So, like, going from that sort of situation um, to what made you go, I know what, I'm going to go and work in schools. What What was that turning point? Well, you know what, it didn't even fall. It, did, it didn't fall. It's crazy how it actually happened because of the fact that I worked in a youth centre. Right. So when I was heavily pregnant with my little boy, I turned around and said, I want to be a youth offend, um, a youth worker or a youth offenders officer. That's what wow. I wanted to be. Okay. Um, I knew that I wanted to work with young people. And the reason why I wanted to work with young people is because of the fact of I felt that their voices needed to be heard. Yeah. And I felt like I could, with my background and the issues I faced growing up, that I could kind of be an avenue for these young people's voices to be heard. And that could be could be males or females. Mm. But I just wanted to be a a rock and somebody who could help individuals through certain situations. So I've always had a passion for working with young people. So when I was in the youth centre, I um, headed up basically their girls' inclusion. And um, I ran workshops from there and things like that and, and got the girls through the door and included in in certain aspects of, of the youth centre. What was um, great about it, though, is one of the girls came in, one of the girls who came in, she actually works with me now, and she came in and said, all the boys get everything in our community and we get nothing. What are you going to do about uh-huh. it? Wow. And I went, 
okay I said are you the only one who feels like this and she's like no everyone feels like this all the girls feel like this she's like we don't get anything all the boys get to go on these trips get to do this get to do that and we get nothing and I said you know what right bring all the girls in sit down we're going to brainstorm we're going to do a round table right now so she brought all the girls in who were complaining we sat down we brainstormed everything they wanted from the local community and I said right let's look at everyone's brainstorms and one thing which kept popping up in everyone's stuff was football Wow. And I said, oh, okay. I, I know something about football. football. <laughs> I know a bit about football. So what I did is I put myself on my um, level one football coaching badge. Um, and then from there, I started then training the girls um, just at the back of the youth centre, just as casually them coming in and going, okay, girls, get your boots on, get your trainers on, let's go, let's get active. Mm. And from there, we had seven girls, and that turned into, like, 20 girls, 40 girls, to the point where we could no longer facilitate it at that centre no more. So what I then did was, during that process, I was constantly overhearing conversations of social issues these girls were facing. Uh And a part of me felt Mm. like, I can help here too. Why not? (laughs) So I was like, right, girls, I was doing workshops what kind of workshops would you like? What kind of things could we deliver? What would you, would you like to do debates? What kind of things can we offer you? So that's when we started introducing workshops around body image, self-confidence, motivational, goal setting, um, relationship issues, friendship issues, um, and career setting and all that kind of stuff. All these things these girls wanted to were so inquisitive to get to understand and know, like financial management and things like that. Oh, we amazing. Them, offered them everything everything they wanted and that is why goals for girls is a program which is made by the girls and it's for the girls because we don't offer anything which the girls don't ask for everything we offer the girls have asked for because like you said at the beginning the reason why you want to be a coach is so that you've got your ear to the ground so you're listening to the stuff that you're, they're saying so that you can hear yeah. and respond to what they're talking yes. about you got to always have your ears to the ground because society is changing so fast yeah Literally, I'll go in and they've got a new dance routine. I'm like, what's this dance then? <laughs> this one? And they're like, it's body brand. I'm like, gosh, I can't keep up with you. Yeah, yeah. So, but you've always got to keep on trend with the kids because if you're not on trend with the kids, you're going to miss something yeah. and they're going to be way ahead of you. Like, remember, they're ahead of us now. And, like, and it's the thing about the apps that they're on and like the different sort of social media platforms. You know, we think that. I don't know, Facebook or Instagram or something like that is kind of the ones, but they're on all these ones that are we have nothing, no idea about because they were never around and we didn't grow yep. up understanding that connection that they have to them, but you're obviously hearing and understanding that even better. Yeah, well, I'm hearing them and understanding them and on top of that, I'm seeing the dangers of them as well. Mm. So um, what we always ensure we do is we do social media um, training with the girls um, we do things around um, like personal hygiene and 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 things around them them sectors um, like um, when they're coming on the periods and things like that we talk to these girls about this because of the fact that we're females at the forefront we're the coaches um, and we're probably the best people to understand um or for them to turn and talk to mm. another female to another female. They'll feel more confident in doing that. So we try and tackle these issues from early because we've got all girls on our programme. We've got girls who are 
budding, talented footballers. We've got girls who don't even know how to kick a football, but they're there because they want to learn. We've got girls who are in care, got girls who self-harm, got girls who are carers, got girls who are refugees, mm. got girls from the BME community who don't, some of them don't even speak English. Yeah. We've got all girls from all different, we've got, we've got girls from all different sizes, heights, everything. And we've got to make sure that our programme is diverse enough to cater to the needs of, of these girls and we may not get it right all the time yeah but they'll tell us when we're not getting it right <laughs> that's amazing and, and, and in a way for them to be able to have an avenue of being able to have some influence on the things that they're learning in a way that they don't get at school right you you don't get kids being able to go do you know what this maths is a bit rubbish can we just do something that applies to my life like in this this and this and the teachers are like no, you must do a national curriculum for your GCSEs yeah. and you're not having anything that actually uh, may seem like it applies to your life right now. And what you're yeah. doing is giving them the ability to have some some sort of control over their life. Like, actually, I really want to understand, well, like you say, the financial stuff, that's huge for girls to be able yeah. to go to understand, you know, start save now, save, spend, give. You know, how do you yeah. how do you understand all of that stuff? That's that's an enormous that's, life skill. And that's the difference between the the school like the private school system and the um, and and the state schools. The, the state school system is the fact that in the private school system, they will teach the kids about that mm-hmm. business all that kind of stuff, management, um, financial, all that kind of stuff. But it gets very much diluted once we get to state school. Yeah. And um, that's why a lot of these young young women and girls or wouldn't, if you ask them what do you want to be, it would you wouldn't hear the majority of them going, I want to be a CEO. Right. Or I want to run my own company or I want to, do you get what I mean? Because yeah. of the fact that it's not been... It's not been given as an option to them. They right. do, they don't understand. They just think they've got to go to university, graduate from university, and go into a nine to five job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, and, yeah. and that that's where young when they go from primary school into into state school. That I'm not saying all of them, but there's a there's a percentage of young people whose dreams just get tarnished because of the fact that they get told that they don't get taught these 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 fundamentals to life of financial well-being um personal well-being um like pathways of how you could become business management they don't get all that yeah and like you say with the football in, in it's in a similar way to the fact that you're able to show them people uh women who have who've been in football come from the same life as them it's the same thing they need to be able to see adults who've come out of the state system maybe left at 16 or 18 and not gone to university but have made uh you know created their own companies like you have or um been successful or are ceos or have invented something or created something or done something like that so it's not like yeah. a you have to go to university, you have to get your business degree or your whatever, whatever, and then and then that's the only way that you get jobs and then you go into nine to five because that's all they see. They need to be able to see people who they can relate to, right? Who do who do that, exactly. And and you and especially in the communities I work with in mm. um like I had a conversation the other day and it was the fact that um the fact that 
in the local community I, I, I work in, and and in and that's not for everybody. But a large percentage is that them sitting around the dinner table. It, it wouldn't probably be conversations about, um, okay, um, son or daughter. This is how. This is how you can get from here to mm-hmm. here because mm-hmm. I've done it. Do you get mm-hmm. what I mean? This mm-hmm. is how that you can become a CEO. This is how you can do this, or this is how. It, them conversations are not really happening. Mm. So if they're not happening there and they're not happening in school, then where are they happening? Mm. Yeah. So um, it's it's just it's just starting that, igniting that fire in these young people and saying to them like, and a prime example is one of the girls in our programs, her 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 parents want her to be a doctor. Right. But she don't want to be a doctor. She wants to work with young people. Right. Yeah. So I turned around and said to her that, and she feels trapped because she don't want to disappoint her parents, mm. but she wants to do what she wants to do. And she's at a crucial part of her career, of her education right now, where she has to choose which pathway she wants to go down. Is she going to choose her GCSEs around to help her be a doctor, or is she going to choose her GCSEs around to help her be help young people? Mm. And it's really frustrating for her, and she's suffering with a lot of mental health issues because of the fact that of these added pressures which are getting given to her, of the, the direction other people want her to go in her life, not her. Mm. So what's happening now is we've now had to sit down and we go, but, okay, let's not disappoint parents, but not let's, let's not disappoint yourself. These are careers in sport or within the youth sector where you can still be like have that medical knowledge. Yeah. There's physiotherapy. Yeah. Is and and we give them the options. So we let them know, look, there's a bigger there's a bigger world out there than just being a doctor. Absolutely. Like you can be a doctor of many things. Yeah. So um and just opening their eyes to look, there's more possibility than what see what you see right in front of your face. And um, I think that's the main thing doing really is giving these young people opportunities. Yeah, it gives them so much more hope than thinking, I just feel fenced in. And the minute a teenager feels fenced in, then dramatic things can happen. And uh, you give them that like, no, it's all right. Look, you can do this. Oh, oh, I can. Right. Okay. I'm not like, oh my God, it's like the lid's been taken off. They're like, right. Okay. Yes, parents, I will. I'm going to knuckle down. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do this. I want to do, you know, science or whatever, but I want to do it so that, or they don't even need to mention that. They just, you know, keep on working. They they make their route and they, and I said, I say to them already that you never know, you could find a great job still working with youth like you wanted to do, but still be in the medical sector. Yeah. Like, you just don't know until you explore that kind of that realm, and yeah. And so, how do your how does your program work? So they it, uh, start at eleven, or is it that's just their first entry point? They can start anywhere along, and then do you see them all the way through to sixteen? So we see them all the way through to sixteen. When they get into year eleven, they're not so much doing the um, they're not so much on the 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 intense part of the program. What we do when they reach year eleven is we offer a selection of the young girls with a quali- FA level one qualification, mm. and what that allows is when they've completed their GCSEs, it allows for them to leave school and complete another qualification and come back straight away over those those summer holidays that summer break so they're not just doing nothing mm. and they can um gain work experience and that could be within the FA a local community club or it could be with goals for girls um and they've got that under their belt so they've got immediate work straight away 
from when they leave the educational well that part of the educational system so um that's that's what yeah that's what we do with our our year 11s um and then obviously the rest of them they come in from 11 and we work with them all the way up to the age about 14 15 and then we we leave them to breathe during their studies and then we pick them back up again and reintegrate them back as as coaches or we provide opportunities for them to go out and do a bit of experience with a partner or or something like that. Um, we are linked up with some colleges as well. So we work closely with the Tottenham Hotspur Foundation um, and it's Karen Hills who heads up their first team. Mm. And basically she comes down, she looks at the girls and some some of them she puts into the teams and some of them she puts into the college. So they've got a direct development pathway. So they're still consistently active within sport and engaged. And that is one of our main aims to make sure that they're actively involved, engaged, but also we're raising their aspirations. We're giving them opportunities. We're giving them direction. So, yeah. Uh, that's that sounds like you've so cleared so many pathways for them that you don't have that thing where they get to 16 and they've kind of lose contact with you and you think oh I hope they're all right you know but you, yeah. you've 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 so clearly thought about that presumably from your own experience of sort of not being yeah. followed up yeah that's my, it's my own experience personally which had a massive impact on me and mm. um I think like we are we work so in each school we've got about 40 girls in each school so you can think that some of them girls within a year group may you may not like for example they may leave and you may never hear from them again yeah but what we do tend to do is we we do provide opportunities so we do provide still development matches so they can still play under the age of 18 against other clubs we made say okay and that may be once in a blue moon like once like once or twice a year where we say girls let's get together and let's um have a development game against another organization or another community team or something like that and um some of the girls have gone to play football so I make sure that or I try to go and see their matches and still show them that consistent support because there's no point in bringing these girls through your channel and then just leaving them as soon as they walk out the door you need to make sure that they you have engaged them and you have sparked something in their mind to say look this is what I'm doing and the majority of the girls do contact back and go oh Fran can you come and watch our game or oh Fran can you um can you write me my um what's it called again my reference please I really want to get this job and Fran and they will come back and ask these questions and I'm more than willing to to provide that and do that for them because they've achieved so many great things through the program. And that's not me who's done that. They've done that themselves. They're the ones engaging them. They're the ones turning up every day and doing what they're doing on the program. That's not me. So they've just got to acknowledge that when they leave the program that they have, we have not held their hand. They've done this themselves. So when they leave, they need to realize that they can still continue without me being there every day or without the coaches being there every day to thrive and aspire to be the best people they can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what do you think their experiences would have been otherwise if they weren't involved in sports or weren't involved in football, girls for girls, anything like that? Um, Oh, I'd be... I think a lot of them would have been excluded from school. Mm. I think some of them won't be, wouldn't have been here. Mm-hmm. 
and I think a lot of them wouldn't have passed their their academic their GCSEs, um, or they would have got or they would have been mixed up in the wrong crowd. Yeah, and that's what I think personally that could have happened to a lot of these girls. Um, and don't get me wrong, not all of the girls in the program are um in those situations but like for example the girls who are who are the ones who are gifted talented um footballers they wouldn't have known where to have gone to get spotted mm-hmm. yeah and and to be given that that faith that look let me put you in the, let me put you in contact with this person and let's get you a trial let's see how you can what you can do go on and they wouldn't have even done that we've got so many girls now signed up to grassroots teams who have now got, got the confidence to say, I'm going to do that. We've got one young lady who, when she first started the programme, she never spoke. She was so shy, wow. so shy. And she wouldn't like, she was always intimidated in large groups. And it wasn't until a few, I think it was a month ago, she came up to me and said, you know, I've signed up to a, 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 a local grassroots team now. Wow. I said, really? By herself? Like, By herself. She applied. She went to the trial. She got in. She tells me every week how her training and her match went on the Sunday. And she can't wait to find me in the school to tell me this great news on a match. But I've seen that I have actually witnessed the the difference in her. So not all of the girls you can see that see the difference. Mm -hmm. It's not until you get their grades or their behavior points or something like that. You can see the difference. Mm. But this young lady here, wow, like from where she was to where she is now. And that is why it's key working with these girls over that period of time, because they come in and you see that as they're growing as young women and maturing, you're seeing the impact of what you're having. And she now plays for a grassroots team. And it's like, and now she's asking for trials for other places like West Ham and Crystal Palace and Milwaukee. Like, Frank, can you get me a trial at one of these? And I'm like, yeah, when trial season comes up, we'll prepare you. Yeah? When trial season comes up, we'll put you in for one of them. We'll wow. see how you go. Wow. Now, she and, would have never have asked that. And, and the profound effect of that is for a girl who would have sat in a room and, you know, because she was too shy or only had a few friends that she could have felt comfortable being around, she now has opened herself to, up to being able to, like, be in a team and calling for the ball to somebody oh, that yeah. she's never met before because she's doing yeah. a trial or sort of like putting a hand up for something because she exactly. wants to achieve, which yeah. has, a, has an effect through the rest of her life. So exactly. She was like, she was that girl who wouldn't even, she would be that girl who wouldn't even, um, she was that girl when she came into year seven, she had, she wouldn't make friends. Yeah. She'd walk around by herself for the yeah. whole of lunch and break and everything like that. And now she's just become this, She's just become so confident in what she's doing and it's it's beautiful to see her her thriving like that and that. And it just shows you the importance of having programs in local communities like like Goals for Girls or or like other organizations because these these young people even with all this stuff happening in the media and us, us showcasing all this stuff this work still needs to happen Absolutely. because yeah we're not going to get the girls to see these me- these media outlets and all this stuff, um, which the great stuff, which um, the, the world right now is doing amongst women's sport mm. without somebody at the bottom opening that door and going, have you seen this? Have you seen this campaign? Yeah. Like this could be you like this, this is you like, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just important. We just carry on the work we're doing. 
And do you think it's significant that um, it's done not in the typical kind of school sports PE environment? Like, because you don't do it in like school PE lessons, do you? No, no, I don't do it in school PE <coughs> lessons. But saying that, I was a PE teacher for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was enjoyable. Um, but also it, it was challenging. Um, so... But no, I don't do it in a school PE setting. I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure, yeah, for young women and girls amongst those settings. And um, I think a teacher or you've got to get you've got to get your kids out, and you've got to get them changed for a certain time. You've got to deliver your your PE session. You've got to make sure you hit hit all the targets. There's a lot of pressure for yeah. you for for teachers across the nation right now to ensure that they're hitting all the targets and at the same time kids are getting what they're getting PE lessons ain't as enjoyable as they used to be no. because <laughs> teachers have a lot more paperwork they have a lot more things they've got to t- um, strike off and um, it can become quite a chore so we want to make sure that these women and girls um, feel like they're not having to do a chore and it's not compulsory and they're choosing to turn up to these sessions rather than us saying yeah. you're going to turn up to these sessions whether you like it or not so yeah. I think and, that's key and that wear this horrible uniform and uh, you know yeah, embarrass we, you and stuff like that yeah yeah and that's why we give out we give out as a reward we're really looking at the schools are so supportive we give out as a rewards if the girls hit their goals because we set each girl a goal Mm-hmm. Um, to reach, and that could be just kicking the football to one player to another, just to they build their confidence, and they can they get rewarded with things like tops, water bottles, um, trousers, hoodies, oh, um, yeah. and they're all goals for girls branded. So when they come to our sessions, they feel good because they're walking in with their goals for girls top, and they feel like they've been recognised for the achievements they've just done. Mm. Um, and then before you know it, it's a ripple effect that I want one of those tops. Oh, yeah. what? to do together and now these girls are without even realizing setting and achieving goals and that makes a difference in uh, when I think of that in comparison to clubs or some sort of activity where the parents are buying the expensive uniform or whatever and the one kid looks at the other one who's wearing the branded kit and going yeah but I want that one and the parents like well I can't afford it so you're just gonna have to suck it up or something you you, every kid who's wearing that uniform knows that they've got it out of their own merit nothing to do with whether or not their parents can afford stuff yeah it's all out of their own hard work and dedication amazing and and I guess also the other thing is about not doing it in typical school environment is it's not mixed uh, boys and girls Nope. Yeah. So what nope. difference do you think uh, that makes as well for not having the boys involved in in what the um, girls do? The confidence of these young women. Wow. Like they they express themselves a lot more better. They will have a laugh with each other. Mm-hmm. And you will find that a lot of young women and girls when not a lot. I don't want to put everyone in a category. Some young women and girls, they, as soon as they have, let's say, for example, males around, Mm. their personality changes and they're no longer themselves. So they spend hours or minutes or however long in the changing rooms to make sure that they look right before they enter the pitch. They will spend, they will show off 
in front of these yeah. boys and they will maybe bully other girls because there's boys watching yeah. and rather than uplift one another you, you then start seeing this cattiness approach of just dragging each other down whereas yeah. when you're in a female on your environment and you're amongst people you probably not your clique or people you don't really chill with day to day you yeah. find that you find that these girls then suddenly learn new things learn how to communicate amongst amongst female to female learn how to understand one another respect one another um, respect each other's flaws and differences and uplift one another because in a game if you lose you've got to uplift one another as a team yeah. um, within our team talks we always head, give somebody a heads up that they're going to do a team talk and we get the girls to turn around and say analyze their game at the end as well so someone at the beginning may turn around and go come on girls we can do this and uplift the team and then um at the end you'll get the girls amongst themselves discussing look this is what we could have improved this is what we could have we did well at and it gets them to understand one one another but also respect one another rather than going well she it was her the yeah, reason yeah. the, the goal yeah. got in yeah. went in yeah. so um and then we create create a, an environment of 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 females who 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 want to uplift one another and want to pioneer for another and want to speak um, and make each other's voices heard. And I think that's why our program's drop-off rate is so low because we create an environment for young women to make new friends and really uplift one another and rather than an environment where there's options for you to bully, tarnish mm. or drag one another down. And um, yeah, I think that's what what makes the difference with not having the boys yeah. at these sessions um, and making sure that it is female only and it's female, it's it's them leading the programme. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, it's, uh, that's amazingly effective. I think we could all hear like how, how much difference that would make. Um, what are your hopes for the future of youth sport? Um, youth sport. So, um, you know what? I just hope that we 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 keep pioneering. We uh, keep allowing for the the voices to be heard of these young people. Um, but most of all, I'm hoping that a lot more gets done with the the grassroots. Mm-hmm. Um, the grassroots sector. I feel that we're doing so great at the moment with pioneering at the top mm. that if we just get a few of those CEOs down, a few people who are making these decisions at the top down and to the bottom, they'll understand a little bit more about where their investment in 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 sport is going yeah. and whether or not it is it is worth going in into certain areas because there's 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 initiatives or certain things which are happening at the moment which haven't got a high um retention rate they're not run properly and it's and it's all because individuals or or companies or whatever do not understand how to engage these these young people or what they need to be engaged and and what method or what support they need from the top mm. To ensure that they engage from the bottom, because how can we ever think that the 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 youth or the future our future is 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 going to make those changes for us in sport? Or because they're the next generation. Yeah, 
they're the ones who are going to be pioneering the sport in the future. Yeah. They're the ones who are going to be the future leaders who are sat in them boardrooms, hopefully, and making decisions. But if them decisions ain't being made right now and we're not hearing their voices now, then we're going to be waiting for another generation to come through before we start that process again. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to start that process of asking them questions and and pioneering for them to make the change from the top and coming down to the grassroots and saying, look, what is it you need from us? And that's what I would like to see. I would like to see a lot more of that happening, um, a lot more young people getting showcased and a lot more development pathways, sustainable de- development pathways for young people from grassroots level. Only 1% of male footballers make it in this country. Why is that? Mm. And that's what our question needs to be asked is mm. why we've got a talented, talented mm. um, bunch of young people, but only 1% make it. Yeah, because they don't Since have enough going. support. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, something's going wrong. Yeah. Um, what are you most proud of in your life so far? Um, I'm just proud of being able to be a role model of some sort to not only my son, but to all the young people I engage with daily, all the young women I engage with daily. And I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I was able to break down a barrier when I won the Pride of Britain Award. Yeah. Um, I got to show these young women that I was able to... I got to show these young women that I was able to um, to to break down barriers. And if I could do it, that they, that they can do it. So, yeah. I think that's what I'm, I'm mostly proud of there. Mm, mm. Um, who or what inspires you in your work and life? Um, who and what inspires me? My son inspires me yeah. in my work um, because he is a living testament to... Because of what inspires me is my past. Yeah. That's what inspires me is my past inspires mm. me because of the things which did get implemented in me as a young person. Mm. Um, and I had to find it out for myself. Who inspires me is my son because I've got a chance to make a change to his life over young people's lives. And I've got a chance to um, show him the right way um, or even plant a seed of look this is what you can do and this is how how you can do it um so yeah I've, I've been given a chance to do that and um and not only just with my own child but with people who gave me their other their kids as well yeah. to to do that with as well so I feel very privileged and proud to be able to um not only not only set that that way for my child but set it for loads of people's child's children mm. across the across the nation mm. wow well thank you so much Francesca I mean like I just it was exactly the same feeling when I was hearing you talk at women in sport I you should be people should be listening to you people in leadership in sport should be listening to you because you have absolutely nailed everything that girls and young women are thinking and feeling and the the ideas that you're going about it you you've you've come across, come around it from clearly you felt so much when you were younger and you're such um 
you're really in touch with that which I think so many adults really forget you know you like you forget what it was like to be a teenager and what that means and why it's so important yeah it's it's so fundamental we can't complain about teenagers if we're not going to do anything to support them and yeah you know we can't complain about there not being enough depth of field in sport or business or uh, teachers or, or management or whatever if we're not going to support them to believe that they can be all of those things they can so do it. you exactly. completely nailed that um thank you know you. understanding of that so um thank you so much for spending your time I know you've been you're super busy at the moment you've got so many exciting projects coming up so um <laughs> good luck with all of that and thank you very much for taking the time today no worries thank you it's been a pleasure having me on okay So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Do remember to check out the show notes and rate and review the episode. Hop on over to Instagram as well at love underscore movement underscore Sussex to let me know what you think and any comments or feedback you have. I always love to hear from you. Join us next time to hear from a new brilliant guest.